flattering, George, but it's late, and I think I better find somewhere else to sleep. How about right here? Right here? With you? Sure. Bottoms up. What's going on? We spent the night together. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Ice Viking Victory, the Battle of Ramjack. Hi guys, I am Alex, and joining me today in Ramjack Studios is Brad. Hello there. You're listening to episode 73 of Ramjack. Yay! Celebrations. What's been going on, Brad? How's life? You know, pretty, pretty rad. I agree, life is pretty great. It's pretty, it's pretty nice, isn't it? Just living, living our dreams, hopes and dreams. Pretty nice time. Pretty good time. Hope everyone had a great time uh, last in the last uh, special episode, where we all uh, didn't forget. I still haven't. You, you can't. Never can. Never will. No one will let you forget. Nope. Brad, have you ever been to the website Pinterest? Uh, not really. Guys, I highly recommend the website Pinterest. It's kind of like every other social media thing where you post stuff, but Pinterest is visually better because it breaks everything off into blocks and... It's all photo-based. It's also kind of organic in the sense that as people post stuff, it all just goes on the board. Hence the name PIN. And then you're in a rest. Right. It's a, it's a fun time. You can save stuff. Um, but there is just... I can't really describe it. Much like the Facebook feed is, Pinterest is equal to that, except it's less personal. And it really does tap a certain demographics so well that you can almost mind the psychology of these groups behind it. Nice. In a way that is very entertaining and also soberingly depressing. <laughs> ah. And it also changes throughout the day because in the morning you'll have different people and in, during the most of the day it's dominated by, I assume, housewives given what they post. And then it gets into more like designery people in the evening. Brad, it is just awesome. You know, I'm look, I've got the app on, on, on my iPod right now, and I'm looking at it. There are some fun things here. There um, are a lot of fun things on Pinterest. And the only thing that's bad, not bad, but I wish they had on the mobile app, is that everyone has to put a caption with anything they pin. Oh. And Brad, that offers like a double layer of insight. Dude, it's so crazy. You'll have a lot of people throw up a quote randomly, and then what they say about it speaks volumes. It's I'm just sure. so nuts, man. It, oh, <laughs> I go there sometimes and feel really inspired design-wise, and then I go there sometimes and feel it's humanity's the worst. But I love Pinterest. It's just amazing. But I was scouring Pinterest, and I uh, came across something, Brad, that I think um, may be important. Okay. Uh, there was a kind of like a, quoto- a quotations... Well, more of like a list. Someone made a list of things because they couldn't tell the difference between lust and love. Okay. Couldn't tell the difference, Brad. Just couldn't figure between it out. Between lust mm-hmm. and love. Okay. So what What I would like... Well, I, I'm curious, Brad, is if you know the difference between lust and love. Oh, okay. So I'm going to give you some phrases and you tell me whether that would fall into the category of lust or love. Oh, lust or love. Double L's. All right. All right. Lust or love, Brad? Mm-hmm. Today is our 33-day anniversary. Um, 33-day anniversary? Mm-hmm. Um, clinginess. Because that's not an anniversary. That's not, well, that's not an option, that's Brad. It's, it's either lust or love. Um, lame. 
Plus well, lover lame. <laughs> well, we had to keep adding categories, and there's only two. I, oh, do you think that's lo- that that you think that that comes from lust or from love? If I only have those two, I'll say love of being in a long relationship that you mark anniversaries by days for some reason. You're wrong. That's lust, bread. Uh, what? That would be lust. The the uh, what? Today is our 33 day anniversary. Is a lust quote. You know what a loved one would have been? Hmm. It's been a year already? Question mark, exclamation point. That's love. That's the difference between lust, Brad, and love. And apparently you don't know the difference. Let's continue. Apparently not. Let's continue. <laughs> I was. I wanted to leave it relevant crazy as well. Pull over. I have to pee. Lust or love, Brad? Lame. <laughs> you keep going back to it's either lust or love, friend. Um... Lust, because in reality, it's not that um, the the other person's a piece. They just they saw someone they wanted to fuck on the side of the road more than the person they're with. Brad, you got a lot to learn about love, because that's a love quote. How? Well, because the lust quote would have been "pull over." I want to do it. I would also like to mention at this point that this is a handwritten list. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. I'm assuming these are personal quotes from uh, whoever this person, um, uh, Cassie. Or Catherine, it, it's weird who posted it. Um, this is this, these are the quotes from her life. All right, all right, all right. All right, Brad. Um, lust or love, our kids would be so cute. Lamest. No, again, not oh, an that's answer. Not, that's not, not an something you can answer. Our kids would be the cutest. Our kids would be so cute. Lust or love. Um, scary, creepy Brad, love. Listen, listen to your heart. Wrong. That's a lust quote. How's the... Uh, what? Are we? Are they going to fuck the kids? What's going on? <laughs> Our kids would well, be so cute. Well... Mm, I'm going to fuck those kids. The the love version of this would be, you took your birth control today, right? That's love. Uh, what? But Brad, the list doesn't lie. It's... I mean, lists can't lie. They're lists. <laughs> Brad, they're official, they're official documents. We've been through three of these, and you don't know anything about lust or love. Not a clue. Let's continue. All I mean, right, all right, all right, all right. I couldn't even try to answer one of these wrong, because there's just no way. <laughs> like, I could try to be funny and, like, to give you the wrong answer every time, but I can't. You can. It's, it's impossible. <laughs> it really... When was the last time you showered? Um, I'm gonna say... Uh, love? Brad? You're learning stuff as we're going through this. You're building. What? When was the last time you showered is something someone in love would say to someone else. But you know what they would say if they were in lust? I love how you smell. What? Yeah, that's a lust quote. What? That's... No. Everyone shower. Everyone shower at least once a day, preferably more than once. There, you. Some people think you can only shower once a day. That's a lie. You can shower as many times as you want in a day. Yeah. I never do a podcast without showering first, and that's a true statement. <laughs> that's awesome. I have to take a shower before I record. That would make sense. Before all events, you want to be at your best, and you want to be at your cleanliness. Yeah. I took two showers yesterday. Good job for you. But that was mainly because I think I worked out and then went home and had mm-hmm. to... No, I didn't work out yesterday. We just got hot water back in my apartment. Like, I think last week, and I'm still reveling in the fact that, God, I have hot water again. Mm-hmm. So I've I've been taking more showers. Because mm-hmm. cold showers suck. Indeed. 
Bradley, but let's let's help you out a little bit more, Lauren. I think you may be coming around. I'm evolving. You may learn the difference between lust oh and love gosh. yet. Oh my gosh. All right, Brad. If any ladies are listening, I hope I hope you're taking notice. All right, ladies. Also, think about it. Please, audience, participate at home. What is this a lust or love quote, Brad? Pull my hair. Pull my hair. Pull my hair. <sighs> lust? Brad! This is like a breakthrough. Yes, that is the lust quote. <laughs> so it's the love version. The the love equivalent would be, ouch, you're on my hair. <laughs> what? What's are these lights? How are these diametrically opposed things? <laughs> well, Brad, it's... I love you. You're on my hair. <laughs> if you love someone, that's the stuff you'll say to them. So, uh, what? I can't, I can't even... I can't get in the mindset of what this shit means. When I first read this list, that was the one that I was... I, this is bullshit. This, no, what do you mean? But now I think I get it. Because um, if you love someone and they're on your hair, you're like, dude, get off my hair. Mm. But so if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're in lust with them, you realize they're pulling your hair, but you don't want anything, you know, like, all right, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to make things... So they're like, hey, pull my hair. You know, now that I said that out loud, it still doesn't make no, sense. Give me the next I, one. Give me the next yeah, one. Yeah, all right, Brad. This is it. This is the last one on the list. All right. Do you know about lust and love? We are about to find out. We'll, we'll see. I love how passionate you are about your work. Is that a statement of love or lust? I love how passionate you are about your work. Well, love is in the sentence. I'll say love. Brad, you fell for the oldest trick in the book. <laughs> Love and a love con. <laughs> Amateur hour. Brad, that was quite obviously lust. Because if you love someone, you would have said... You don't give a shit about them. No, no, if you love someone, you would have said, I wish you didn't work so much. Fuck you. Just so you guys know, <laughs> I don't know what it was, whether it was... For some reason, everything I came in contact with this week through media or whatever, there were broken relationships because people work too much. And that's just a fact of life, I guess, but... Yeah, people work too. People should work too much. If you're not working too much, it's because you don't like your work. Do work you like, and you're gonna want to do it all the time. Cause that's the way humans are. We're good at shit. We built pyramids. We do awesome things. We really do. We're really good at doing things. We're better at all the other animals at doing things. Well, something that golden eagle. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brad, you know, all those things seem to ring true, but you know what? Sometimes we're not in contact with our hearts as much as we should be. We may not know the difference between lust and love. And you still got a thing or two to learn, mister. Love and a love con. <laughs> love and a love con. Everyone needs to watch Opportunity Knocks. Yes. Greatest movie in the yes. world. Yes. I listened to the soundtrack of that today. Nice. I was trying to find the Say by the Bell music that you mm-hmm. gave me. Can't, cannot find it. I really think it accidentally got deleted or something happened to I'll it. I'll send it to you. Dropbox. I would love to thank you so much. But I found those songs and immediately was like, yep, jam to them during breakfast. Oh. It's good stuff. African Sky Blue. That's not from that movie, but that mm. was still by the same people who did that. Yeah. Tina Turner song. Some Johnny Clegg and some Tina Turner there's together not, with Dana Carvey. A... God damn, that's a good movie. <laughs> did we watch this on Ramjack? We did. Okay, well then yeah. It was, it was my birthday know. pick. Yes, your birthday pick. I didn't get a birthday pick. You should ask for a birthday pick. I should ask for a birthday pick next pick time. Pick a movie. Pick a movie. And it's yours. All right. Okay, I'll keep that in mind, guys. Marmaduke's still on the table. <laughs> <laughs> for my birthday pick. I like the idea of birthday picks. We'll do birthday picks. We're hearing out birthday picks. Yeah. Should we just... Us? Or should we also include our studio? Uh, our audience. 
There's no one else here with us, Brad. Alex, there's no one here. And maybe it's because the Belvedere DVD menu's up right now, and every one of those squares has a person in it, so maybe... George is not here with us, Alex. <laughs> he's not allowed in my house. Well, he's not watching. His eyes are on the ground, no. but, you know, everyone else is pretty attentive. Mom's being an asshole, but whatever. <laughs> but should our audience send in their birthday pics, and maybe we'll do them, maybe we won't. <laughs> maybe we'll do them, maybe we won't. <laughs> you can send them, but only if it's your birthday, yes. and only if we like them. Yes. Yeah, I like this. I yeah, like this good system. Plan, good plan, good plan. Brad, what else has been going on with you? You're, so, you're learning, you're growing with the show. Yeah, so right before we recorded, um, I made a venture to to local store. I'll just pick up some, you know, pick up some everyday things. Picked up a Coke Zero. Nice. Picked up some uh, toothpaste. You know, just things I need for my life. And I'm in the checkout. And Alex, you know this, I am wonderful. I am wonderfully skilled at avoiding contact with checkout people. Like, nobody's as good at it as me. Wonderfully skilled as avoiding? Because I've seen... Oh, well, okay. On rare occasions, I've seen very intrepid uh, checkout people almost overwhelmingly throw themselves into your path. Even right. with your amazing deflective skills. Oh, yeah. They try. But, those are, but that's because I'm your friend, and we go shopping quite often, and I've seen those things happen, and it's always hilarious. But, yes. But I always often, shut them down. More often than not, yes. You are a brick wall. Right. They never break through. They no. try. Sometimes they really go for it. That one Taco Bell lady almost broke through, but in a way that would have been a negative thing for her. That lady almost got her face punched in. And she was being weird. She followed us to the car. <laughs> she stalked us to the car, guys. I was on the phone, so I wasn't I wasn't able to help be a buffer. <sighs> Damn, that was fun. But we've talked about Fuck that, that before. Cunt. We've talked about that. I will kill that bitch. So yes, you were yeah. stoic as always. So but but every once in a while, like I'll get but I love to listen to other people's conversations. Oh yeah, of course. Um, so, but you know, I've got the headphones in because that's the best way to avoid contact with humans. Um, listening to a podcast, um, but I had to pause it because this conversation. First of all, check out woman. Um, it's at the local uh, Family Dollar. Oh, that place. Yeah, that's that's always, always crazy. That's I go in there sometimes gold. on the way to here. Get some Coke yeah. Zero as well before we yeah. can record. Because it's it's like two blocks from my apartment. It's perfectly convenient. First of all, check out woman. It's a woman I've never seen before. Um, she's got like the mom jeans, like. High up, and au- just awkwardly, awkwardly shaped, like almost like maternity jeans, mm. but not maternity jeans. Can we get rid of mom jeans? No one's waist should be that high. No, but these were like, and they almost came to like a point. I I can't describe <laughs> how what? weird these jeans were, um, and like with a t-shirt, like with a pocket, which the pocket t-shirt just confuses me and befuddles me. It's a weird thing. <laughs> The pocket T-shirt. Huh. You're putting anything in your pocket T-shirt? It's a T-shirt. It's not. You won't put things. In, you rarely use a pocket on a shirt to begin with. True. It's a rare case. Sometimes uh, an index card and a pen. Sometimes if you're sitting at a desk, an iPod temporarily. But you're not using that pocket. No. Especially not on a T-shirt because that's all draggy and weird. You can't do that. It's fucking weird. Take pockets off T-shirts. But I digress. <laughs> She's talking to this this guy's checking out and he's like, "Yo, I don't buy the canned foods here. I like buy them at Save Lot because they're they're cheaper there. Because you're just too expensive here." And she's like, and the checkout woman's like, "Yeah, we don't have all the selection, so there's not enough competition." They're like trying to figure out the economy of how Family Dollar works, I guess. <laughs> they don't understand it. They're they're just no, they're baffled. And she's like, "But you know, my boyfriend, like he buy he'll buy you know he'll go up there and he'll buy 
you know, just can't, tons of cans because he's stocking up. He's stocking up because he's afraid that the economy is going to have like a crash and like we're just going to, he's going to need a stockpile for, you know, when the economy goes bad and we like don't have money anymore. <laughs> I'm like, well, you work at Family Dollar. I guess that's a thing. Um, but like the way she's talking about it, it's like he is like loading up, like yeah. Lynn Beck, like sell your gold style. Oh, you know they're in that. Oh, Daffo, Daffo. I mean, like, but the, you know that's that's not the main thing he's worried about. He's mostly worried about zombies. <laughs> Brad, you were kidding me. Nope, that is amazing. But not like like George Romero movie zombies. Oh. Um, but, like, he's worried, like, the government, like, gonna be doing tests on people and, like, you know, make them, like, real with science. <laughs> make them real with science. <laughs> make them real with science. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is, this, this is what's happening. These are what the, the, the poor, dumb, dumb <laughs> idiots of the world think is a reality? They're, they They're prepping for a zombie apocalypse, Alex. And not like in like a funny, hipster, ironic, sci-fi, internet, nerd sort of way where like, yeah, we gotta prepare for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I thought about like how Have I you got your plan? out or whatever. Oh yeah, I've got my zombie apocalypse plan. Yeah, I knew who I'd take on my team. I'm always prepared. I've always... No, this is for real <laughs> white trash hillbilly redneck zombie apocalypse planet. <laughs> they assume it's going to happen. It's going to happen with science. <laughs> They're going to make it real with science. The government will make it real with science. Make it real with science. <laughs> that should be a slogan. <laughs> make it real with science. That should be Ramjack's new show tag. Ramjack, make, make it real with science. <laughs> <laughs> we can't make that real with some science, yo. Hey. For serious. Yeah, I don't know. They're not making that real with science yet. I'm not on board. Did science say that was real? Because if it doesn't, man, eh. You better make it real, science. <laughs> I want a movie to happen where they're trying to... Like, well, that's impossible. We can't do that. Science, make it real. I'm on it. <laughs> Montage. Wow, the poor are concerned about zombies, which makes sense. Yeah. It's harsh economic times. <laughs> they gotta escape anywhere kinda, they I'm can. I'm kind of worried about the economy crashing and us having to like survive on squirrel meat. Um, so I'm gonna you know make sure I get plenty of canned vegetables. But um, I, I just really the big thing I'm worried about. I think it keeps me up at night. Yeah. I'm worried the government's gonna get together and make it real with science, <laughs> and we got zombies rolling around. Because they may fuck up the economy, but they might also fuck up some other things. I need my brains, y'all. I need my brains. <laughs> Without our brains. How am I gonna think of my things? How am I gonna, how am I gonna, how am I supposed to dream my dreams when I ain't even got brains? Cause they done been eaten by science made real zombies. <laughs> this is the best thing ever. Like I love this. Wow. Yeah. How did you keep that in? We've recorded for so long today. It's like, oh, by the way, a quick aside. Science made real zombies. Yeah. Everything has changed. Yeah. Damn. And that's what happened, like, maybe 20 minutes before you arrived at my apartment. <laughs> wow. You had a so much more interesting day than me. That Coke Zero is not even cold yet. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know where to go from here, Brad. Make it real. I just, yeah, we just could keep it real. Like science would. Defo. Hey, friends, it's that special time. It's Mr. Belvedere. Another week, another Belvedere. On the China, never before. Who cares? We had a couple of crazy episodes this week. 
yeah. Didn't you say there was something special about these two? And the fact that this is the bridge between season one and two? Yes, this is the final episode of season one. It was a little, you know, mid-season, half-seasoner. And then the first episode of season two. A lot, a lot of changes go on <laughs> in, in, in the meantime. Mostly, yeah. We'll talk about those. We'll talk about those. Let's, about it. let's, let's should we just dive into the, the last episode of the first season of Belvedere? Last episode of the first season Sweet Charity. Sweet. What's with all the musical titles as of late? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> it's Belvedere. All right, so are you ready, Brad? One, two, three, go. All right, this is Sweet Charity. Uh, Mr. Belvedere is trying to teach the kids to be charitable. Not just give away the crap they don't want, but actually try to help people for a change. George hates this because he hates people. He hates poor people especially. He hates everyone. Let's face it. He's an asshole. So the kids, uh, they take the stuff to the mall. Oh, they pick up a homeless woman. Yeah, let's bring her home, because our parents haven't taught us not to talk to strangers, because we have shitty parents. They bring her home. George can't stand it. He's pissed off. He wants that bitch out of the house. What, now she's taking his sweater? His beloved sweater? His sweater that he used to um, skip the draft? Great. Urgh. Well, all hell breaks loose. Uh, Mr. Bel- he fires Mr. Belvedere. He's got one day to get out. And then, uh, fuck. Uh, in the end, uh, Belvedere works it all out. The woman's name is Molly. She finally speaks, and uh, everything's happy in the end. They help him. They help a woman. Finally, Mr. Belvedere. Fifty-eight seconds. What's he shabby? <laughs> to completely stop for like five of those, thinking, "Fuck, what happened?" Not much happened. It really didn't. It I was mean, interest. It was an interesting episode, I think, but there wasn't really much that happened. Well, it's the same thing that happens in most episodes, except I guess it was brought to the forefront. George doesn't like Belvedere, he wants him out of the house. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of the theme of both of the episodes we're doing this week. Which is bizarre. Do they want to hammer it in at the end and hammer yeah. it in at the beginning? Well, I mean, you want to, you know, that's the big thing. I think this was, they're going to end this, this season with, alright, there's going to be a big conflict with George and Belvedere, and then we have to start a new season, we have to establish for the new viewers that are just picking up for the first time, hey, here's the big conflict. Yeah, it's a central These conflict to the show. I, well, I don't, I don't care about George as a character. I hate George. George just gets worse and worse. Yeah, George is the fucking worst. And he can't raise his family. No. Uh. With any sort of dude. The, not only you mentioned George hates poor people. Um, the whole family kind of hates on poor people. I know. I will say. I think the rest of the family, well, at least the kids, are just ignorantly insensitive. Probably because of the way they've been raised yeah. by their hateful father. So you, you said it right. The scene opens with, or the show opens with Kevin is doing sculpture, right? He is kind of doing sculpture. Uh, this is barely a plot point at all. It's like he has to do an art project. He has to sculpt something. And he's like making like a sculpture of... Uh, of Prince Charles. Yeah. And he's well, made... A picture he stole off Belvedere's wall, by the way. True that. And he's just made two big ears, which look like ears, but then he's just stuck those to the big square block of clay, and he's like, oh, I can't do this. Hey, you made two ears. Yeah, and they, they're not bad. I... They're not bad. I mean, what's, what's your fucking problem, you lazy fuck? How are you failing art? Brad, how does any human being fail an art class? I can't do this. Ugh. Maybe you should try to do it, because you're staring at a square block of clay, asshole. Art is super fun. It's human expression. Yeah. You can't fail that. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, can't. Just can't. <laughs> just can't do it. You know, you just do something, you fuck. Well, Belvedere tries to explain that to him, and I guess he inspires Kevin, but Kevin has... 
is on a quest then for the rest of the episode to find someone's face that he thinks is either simple enough just to get by and art, whatever. Yeah. He needs to find a model to sculpt on. Right. Doesn't Belvedere do something like start to like press in eyes into this bo- We don't see it. Yeah, he just obviously. Makes, he makes two indentions. And then Kevin's like, wow, that looks pretty. Hey, dog, you made two ears. That's the fucking thing that blows my mind. I really it's not sh- that you're completely, like, you've made the two ears. Like, it doesn't mean you the shittiest ears at all, but the rest of the time you're just staring at a square block of clay. How did you make the two ears if you're this, like, <laughs> lost? It makes me really wish they had turned the uh, clay around so we could have seen what Belvedere did. Mm-hmm. Just because if it was that amazing, I mean. I, it couldn't have been. It could not have been. <sighs> So Kevin, I mean, if we go ahead and get him out of the way as far as like he finds the po- he drags the postman in because he has a simple face. Yeah, what was that postman outfit? That was pretty cool. That was pretty. It awesome. was like a long, like awesome postal uniform. It looked like old timey. Yeah, because it was it was long, almost like a soldier's. Yeah, post, uh, like a, a. I don't know if they. I'm assuming they had soldier postmen, but that would be the long jacket they would wear. Yeah, classy. That's a classy postman. Classy and simple postman because he had simple features. Yeah. The postman said thank you. But he was a little taken aback. So what is the fucking deal with these Owen kids? <laughs> I wish I knew, Brad. Did their parents never teach them not to speak to strangers? Are they adopted? And they just came across across these parents? Because it seems like they have not lived with these people for their whole life. <sighs> There's just weird stuff that they're doing. I, I, just, I don't get it. They brought a homeless woman back with them. Yeah. Well, first off, didn't um, little Wesley T throw flour at his sister? Yeah. And that was at the beginning of the episode when they were like... Getting stuff to go take to the mall food drive. Anyway, Wesley would take out beets like a can of beets, like beets, gross, and like throw at the Canada's sister who would like put it in gently into like a box. Yeah, they hate each other. All-purpose flour, gross. Throw it, just like flour all over her face, which she cleans up pretty fast, by the she way. She does. It is funny to see that whole like cut to her total in flour. Cut back to her face is like completely clean, but like she still got all over her. Right. And then the next cut where it's just like all gone. It's like, wow, wow. honey, you that's. You're pretty fast. She just shook it out. But why did they bring a homeless woman back to their house? Like, knowing their father and his hatred of everything, why do you think that would be a good idea? Well, I mean, we learned in the first part of the episode that he hates homeless people. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, uh, we had to donate something. Give him all the stuff we hate. What? First of all, why do you have so much food in your house that you hate? Why do you keep buying this? Is it Belvedere just keeps trying to push decent food on you? Was it okra? The thing that he said, let's unload the okra on him uh-huh. again this year? By the way, is there canned okra? I think so. Fuck, that is horrible. That is gross, man. That's, that's not good food. Don't eat okra. <laughs> that is gross. The okra in and of itself is gross. Ugh. What is it? It's just a thing. I don't know. It's, it's gross. <laughs> My grandfather used to grow it. It's horrible. It yeah. smells horrific. No. People like breading okra and then frying it? Yeah. It's just bad. Yeah. My entire childhood was surrounded with my okra. Okra and greens. The South has generic vegetables. <laughs> okra and green. Greens? Just green. Yeah. Here's some, get some okra and some greens. What kind of greens? Yeah, some mustard greens, some collard greens. Just, they're generic greens. I never like greens. <laughs> it's gross. So, another question I ask is where did this food come from? Mom's not going out and buying this. Mm-hmm. If, if, if Did Belvedere buy, like, a lot of okra? Well, that was before he, he came there, I guess. I guess. I don't know. So who was there? Did they have another nanny before that? I don't, I don't know. Why are they, are they just buying is they just buying this food so they can have something to donate eventually? Because they know that George isn't going to let them donate anything unless they buy specific things that he's not going to want. Because he's a work, giant though. man-child, old man. Well, I mean... We, we, we find out in the, like later that he might be like a baby bear, but I don't know about old man. Like, 
Dude, it's weird. I I don't get it. So many questions. They, so they've got this homeless woman, and they, and was like, look, we brought home the bag lady. It's a bag lady, guys. What's her name, Wesley? Uh, bag lady. Come on, she's just a bag lady. <laughs> what the fuck is that? That's a human being, kid. Like, Chill out. The kids are, their heart is in the right place. They're trying to help someone, and you got to give them credit for that. But they clearly don't see her as a human because of the way they've been raised. Well, of course. They're, it's like they brought home a stray dog. It really it really is just like that. Yeah. But while Wesley T may be so young that he he may not realize the difference between bringing a right. dog home and a homeless person, right. Heather knows better. How did, yeah. how did she drop the ball on this? <sighs> Fuck. I also love when they start kind of being like, well, who is this? Why is she in the house? Yeah. And then Heather immediately snapping, saying something like, well, you wanted us to take more of initiative, right? To help people out, right? And it was nice to see, like, a, a, an almost, like, a shred of character yeah. um, for Heather. Because, pretty much, uh, both Heather and the mother, like, they have been less than one-dimensional. Yeah. And at least in this, you got to see Heather was at least dedicated to the idea of trying to get help for this woman. Not a lot. But you got a, you know, a little sliver that she might be a, a character... The way she delivers the line, though, about giving that back to the adults who are saying, mm-hmm. why is this woman here, seems almost like she's confused. Like, she's a kid that's like, what? But you said this. It, it's a weird delivery. Yeah, it's a shitty line. I mean, I, it, I it can't is fault a her too line. much. But... I mean, all she does is bone down with a neighbor kid. I mean, well, you know, the boys in the neighborhood. Right, right, on right. birth control. Yeah. And then brings homeless women home. Like, <sighs> they need to give her more story. I want to know yeah. more about her. Yeah. I mean, the back lady stays with them. I mean, she yeah. pretty much stays the entire night. Yeah, she doesn't speak. Um, it's By the way, it's that woman from uh, um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes, it is her. Yeah. But she's the one that's checking in on Robin Williams. Oh, she she, she plays the bad guy in that one? I guess. If you can say that. <laughs> the, the, the villain of Miss Doubtfire. <laughs> no, the villain of Miss Doubtfire is James Bond. <laughs> there was a point in this episode where I almost completely tuned out. Because it was very offensive. <laughs> it was incredibly offensive. The um, kids, like, leading around the bag woman who didn't talk. Mm-hmm. You want to sit down? Belvedere not understanding how to really work with the bag woman, mm-hmm. but being annoyed by her because she didn't speak to anyone. I thought it was interesting that Belvedere had, you know, been like, well, you need to be charitable, you know, help the poor. They are humans <laughs> at the beginning of the episode. When they bring home the bag lady, he's like, girl, <laughs> fucking awkward. Children, <laughs> what have you done now? I did kind of like to see the bit of panic on yes. Belvedere's face. That was fun. Um, but I, but it's a reasonable concern because this could be a crazy woman. Yes, and she doesn't speak, so she probably is nuts. Because keep in mind, this is what eighty-five. You know when Reagan had dismantled all all the uh, solid uh, help for the mentally ill. Oh no. So it's it's very possible she could be a mentally ill person that was released on the streets thanks to Ronald Reagan. Thanks, eighties. Good job. Good job. But now that the uh, bag woman, can we call her Molly, please? That's yes. her name. I, I don't want to call her bag lady. Yeah. But Molly's there. She's posted up on the couch, making herself comfortable. Mm-hmm. Heather immediately goes to the phone and starts calling every government-funded agency or any type of shelter she can to try to find this woman at least a cot for the night. <gasps> Would you applause to Heather? I know. I want to. I love. Like even though we know nothing about Heather whatsoever, Heather is one of my favorites. Yeah, Belvedere, she's my favorite of the Owen kids. Belvedere, we're interested in Heather. Give us more about her, <laughs> her struggles. God. George gets home. Oh, oh, no. He just came back from an interview that got cut short, right? 
Yeah, yeah. We had yeah, there was this little mention of him having a big job interview. Um, but he's gonna but regardless of whatever's gonna happen in this job interview, he's planning on celebrating tonight. They're gonna go up to the big uh, he's got like some big seven hundred and fifty dollar a night um, hotel suite. Well, I don't think it was a job interview. He was interviewing a sports writer or like a big guy in sports who was oh. supposed to stay the night in the town. Oh. But then he got a quick call away. Like, he got a, a call, and he's like, oh, I gotta get out of town quick. And he was the one who had the room, so he gave it to him for free. Now I understand. I was confused the first time around. Yeah, it was it was easy to get confused. They just threw it in there. It's like, oh, blah, blah. plot point, move on. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot to do. Not really, but... Yeah. We're gonna deal with the homeless situation, but also give us a, a we really gotta, easy out. It was basically like, we got notes that, oh, we gotta give Heather, Heather some time in this episode. Cut out the explanations. Yeah, but it's like this really awesome $750 night uh, hotel suite. He's him, him and the missus, they're going to go up and uh, spend a nice night. Is it called the Bachelor Suite? No, I think it was like, no, it wasn't Bachelor Suite, I don't think. No. Because I thought that was weird. No. I was like, why do you have a, are there, is that a thing in hotels, a Bachelor Suite? No, it must have been, I think maybe an Embassy Suite or something, mm. or Ambassador Suite. That must have been it. Yeah. <laughs> the Bachelor Suite. Hey! Come on, guys. I must have accidentally Bring your horse here. <laughs> Ambassador with Bachelor. That's that's likely. But that's awesome. Um, of course, uh, George is like, look, Belvedere, we gotta have a talk. <sighs> Again, every episode, are we gonna have to have a talk? So they go to the kitchen, <sighs> and it gets heated. Like, for reals heated. Yeah. This like, is the like, last straw. Like, season finale heated. <laughs> <laughs> like, this could be the series finale. This is a special episode of Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> and, uh, basically it's like, look, Belvedere, you're fired. Tomorrow, tell the kids, you're outskis. You make breakfast for us first. <laughs> bring your outskis. <laughs> Belvedere's like, fine, whatevs. I don't give a damn. Hmm. They go back into the living room, and she's wearing a sweater, and George is having a fit. Of course. It's his sweater. That's his lucky sweater. He proposed in that sweater. He got declared 4F in that sweater. So asshole George is also a, a, a draft dodger. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Yeah. Which wouldn't bother me except the fact that he's such a, you know, seemingly conservative asshole. Funny. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive that he's, like, crazy Republican. And if if the show was going on now, he would all be, like, all kinds of america out. Yeah. With yellow support, the troops, ribbons, and all that shit. I mean, we are true patriots. And we would dodge the draft if one happened now, of course, right? I mean, come on. I... Who the fuck goes to fight in a war? It's insane. <laughs> George didn't either. And that sweater helped him. Right. Yeah. I'd... So George is beside himself on all that. Yeah. They have dinner and, oh, God, they're going to let her stay for dinner. George is so pissed off. We're going to feed it? We're going to feed it? <laughs> it really is. It does seem like that. Yeah. And so, you know, of course, you know, she's quite hungry. She's shoveling food into her face, you know, forgetting the social graces, the niceties, because the woman is fucking hungry. Well, well, mentioning forgetting social graces, Wesley T. looks at her like she's the dog he always wanted. Yeah. And is like, damn. We just say damn, but it's the... It's <laughs> damn, that bitch some food. It's the equivalent of him being shocked that yeah. she's eating, really put it away. Yeah, and he starts trying to mimic her, and... Wesley, hey. don't do that. Don't do they be tell one of them. Do they tell him? Yeah, like Kevin like puts his, his his hand tries to put his hand in front of Wesley's mouth and like Wesley bites him. So, but Kevin a... does it, but not the parents. The parents aren't saying, "Well, hey, the, kid, I mean, quit being rude to our guest." Well, it's not being rude. It's like stop eating so fast. Stop being one of them. Is basically what I got from it. And then oh, like man. then Belvedere throws mashed potatoes on George. Yeah, because George demands he gets mashed potatoes. 
I think Ugh. our guest will want seconds. Also weird, I so much around treating this woman as a prop. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the scheme of the show, she is, but right. come on. Yeah, it's fucked up. I hate the Owens. Well, I hate George. I hate George. George is the if worst. If George was just removed from the show, I think it would be a really good show. It would be awesome. Because I... Well, we'll get to this out later. But, so, um, it's starting to storm out. And you know when a storm is a, a roaring, you can't leave the Owen house. That's just like, was it five miles or five blocks to the mall? I, yeah. I can't remember. It's one of those two things. Yeah, like, it's it's something. I'm not sure which. But, regardless, it's a ways. And she's homeless. So, yeah. they're like, well, we'll let her stay in the guest room. But that's your room, Mr. Belvedere. Mm, not for long. Mm. <laughs> and then lightning crashes. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Was the most awesome clip. What's going to happen to the seal? How is she going to... You can't let her stay in the room with the seal. No. The not seal's not going to understand. Not at all. Where was the seal? We haven't seen the seal in a couple episodes it's now. It's there. Okay. Well, we. I think either in this episode or the next episode, they mention a smell of some kind. Oh, that's it. And that's, uh, that's, the, that's seal, the seal, obviously. That's our that's, mention of the seal. Yeah. That makes sense. So uh, Belvedere's like going up to his room. He's gonna pack up and get it ready so that uh, Molly can stay stay the night. George falls over there. He's like, "Look, look, Belvedere, look. You gotta help me get my sweater back." <laughs> look, I know I fired you, but I I don't know how to get the sweater back. And you're a smart guy. I don't know how to get a sweater from from an elderly homeless woman. I can't figure it out. Why don't you just ask for your sweater back? Yeah, she's a human being. He's pulling all kinds of schemes. He's like turning up the heat to try to sweat her out of the sweater, which. Ugh. Really, dog? Yeah, I don't know if I want. I don't know if I want homeless sweat up on my sweater. Come on, Brad. You're just as bad as George right now. Really? I mean, no one wants sweat no of one... any human being on their clothes. Mm, no, that's gross. So, it doesn't work. No. Um, guys, we did some really quick uh, research, and we found out that Sweet Charity was supposed to actually be episode four of Mr. Belvedere, yeah. which explains all the hostility of why. Mr. Owen is, or George is still yeah. having some resentment toward Belvedere and why he would threaten to fire him. Mm-hmm. Because if you go, if this is supposed to be the last episode of the season, uh. it's kind of weird. I mean, it makes sense, like you said, right, to be right, like right. A, a finale closer, but I mean... Yeah. But okay, so I, I okay, so wait, what, what are the episodes before this? Before this? Uh-huh. Okay, what was supposed to happen was, of course, the first episode is Mr. Belvedere. The second one's Gotta Dance. Okay. Uh, the third one was supposed to be The Outcasts. Okay. Which so is the birthday party, which right, I guess right. all those aired right. in order. So then Sweet Charity comes along. Okay. So, okay. Well, that makes... And then what's after that? Is that the jail episode? Or is that the uh, mink? After that is Gorgeous George. All right. Well, this is making sense now. Especially looking back. Now, like, when uh, um when Kevin gets arrested, he's like, Look, you you, you had my kids in ballet. You had them helping poor, bring poor people to my house. Um, you gave me a midlife crisis. Enough is enough. Yeah. But out of order, it's just... It's weird. weird. It's, yeah. Okay. They think that she's going to spend the night, mm-hmm. so they start playing board games to pass the time, because, you right. know, it's thunderstorming outside, it's the 80s, light some candles, and, you know, sure, get some family time in there. It's what you do. It's magic, but they play a game, the trivial pursuit, and they ask her a question, mm-hmm. uh, Molly, and she doesn't answer. Like, I guess she, like, puts her arms yeah, close to her she, body, and, like... And it's like, it's like who's, who's the Lone Ranger's uh, sidekick? And so she kind of... It's kind of like a, I don't know, like a stern, I guess, Indian yeah. stance. Which I guess is... I guess that's enough, and they yeah, accept and that. Like, that works. Okay. <laughs> Belvedere's trying to get the sweater back, and he's uh. like, you know, in Indian culture, it's customary. Someone says how much they admire something, um, they give them something in return. She, and, like, clearly he's angling to get the sweater, and she's like, look, you want to get up in this game? Because, like, I got to roll. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's the most real of any character so far in this <laughs> yeah. episode. 
Oh, did you want to play? And they're like, whoa, you can talk? Yeah. She talks? <laughs> it's like, I almost expected Wesley he to say it talks. Yeah, because again, it is a human. But it, there is kind of questionable why hasn't she spoken? Because she seems rather level-headed at this point. All of a sudden, yeah. It's just I. Uh, it's clunky. It's a clunky thing they're doing, and I don't quite get it at all. I don't know what they were going for. She she gets up. She grabs her bag, and then uh, she's and she's like, I guess you want this back, and she gives George a sweater, just like that. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. Heather's found, she's found, like, a shelter that's willing to take her. And she's like, oh, okay, great, cool. And they're like, what, do you need a ride? It's still raining outside. Well, I mean, no, don't, don't, don't worry. No, no problem, we'll give you a ride. And then George is like, hey, how about this? How about a night in the bachelor's seat? <laughs> <laughs> Downtown. All right. So they take her and they, they, uh, they give her the awesome uh, hotel for the night. And I guess everyone's learned a lesson. Well, she does say that most people will try to go out of their way to avoid her, mm -hmm. while this family, the Owens, brought her in. They treated her like shit when yeah, she was there, oh, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. mean... But at least, you know, but at least they did something, I guess. Yeah. Like, they learned about actions, the homeless. Actions speak louder than words. Their yeah. words are shit. <laughs> but the actions are commendable on some level, though maybe misdirected and not intended with the purest of thoughts. They, at least they helped somebody. Yeah. Which is, I guess, well, in the grand Heather scheme. helped someone Heather. find a, a cot for the night. Heather's the, Heather wins this episode. She really does. She's the winner. We should de we should definitely declare winners of every episode. <laughs> yes! Heather wins. Of everything that yes, we watch. everything. <laughs> Heather wins this episode. So here we go. Heather's the winner. Heather wins. Great. Congratulations, honey. Um, We're so proud of you. We wish you had more to do. <laughs> well, hopefully that will change shortly. Indeed. But, so that's resolved, but we still have Belvedere being fired to right. deal with. So, I want to say, we've seen, like, the cube of clay with a, with a blanket over it, mm -hmm. our cloth, the entire episode. Right. Kevin's been trying to find someone. The homeless woman did not have features that he liked. No. So, and of course, Kevin's lazy, so he doesn't do anything. Well, of course. But for some reason, they reveal, they, like, take off the thing. Well, Maybe they're curious sorry. as to what he's doing. Go ahead. Kevin comes down, he's found a Mr. Potato Head, and he's like, hey, this is my speed. I'm going to use this as a model. <laughs> I must have been on my phone and missed that part. That is amazing. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. This is more my speed. It really is, though. It, it is. It really is. Like, in a, in a lot of levels, it's more his speed. Especially, this makes so much more sense when he made those ears and just kind of, like, put them all <laughs> to the clay. I mean, that's what, he, that's what he was going with. He's like, well, I can't make a face. I'll make it like a potato head. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe you missed that. That makes this episode at least uh, a little bit better for me. Nice, nice. So he was—he he pulls out the cloth. Oh my gosh! There's a there's a sculpture there of George. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Kevin's face looks like he's just entered a nightmare. <laughs> it is a kind of scary. It is terrifying. Cause it's like it's it's like a scary George because it's much more angular. What? Huh? Who, you did this? The whole family rolls up and are like, wow, good job, Kevin. And Kevin's like, not me. I didn't do it. it Belvedere. <laughs> Which is awesome. And there's like, why is Belvedere making a sculpture of George? It was weird, but he did. Yeah, he did. He did. And then Mr. Belvedere rolls in and he's like, oh, I just wanted to inspire you that with a little bit of creativity. Wait, you have to do a Belvedere impersonation. <laughs> listening to your Belvedere. No, because me and Jonathan, we commented on the last episode about how awesome your Belvedere was. <laughs> what does he say exactly? I... It's something about to, ins to inspire you. 
no problems. I just wanted to inspire the boy. <laughs> and he shoots that Belvedere smile like, what's up? Sorry. <laughs> Love it. Whoopsies. And they're like, oh, well, this is, I think that, you know, because George is He's an flattered. egomaniac. He's yeah. like, oh, wow. Ah, you old so-and-so. You're not fired. <laughs> as long as you make idols of me. <laughs> But now, but then Kevin jumps in and says, and I don't know why he makes this jump in logic. He says that he can't turn this in, but Mr. Belvedere, I can't put, I can't take, turn this sculpture in as my own. No, 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 no. I think you're leaving out the pause of seeing the conflict on Kevin's face, and then the downtrodden, aw, I can't turn this in. Because for a while, all of his problems were solved, yeah. and Kevin was like, oh, I'm just going to turn this in, because I'm a fucking asshole. Another adult either comes get, gets me out of jail, um, makes my sculpture for me. The, the world car. is not here to bail you out, Kevin. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, Kevin does luck into a lot of weird things. Yeah. But he's, but Belvedere's like, oh, no worries, no worries. Uh, You know? And he takes the sculpture, and he just, like, smacks it. <laughs> you think that's why he made the sculpture to begin with? Yeah, he just wanted to beat up he George. He just wanted to give George a black eye or broken nose. Which is kind of awesome. I would make a sculpture of George just to beat the shit out of it. It sounds like a great idea. Maybe we should do it. <laughs> I like this. And that's pretty much the end, except that's for, like, the... Isn't there, like, a an end cap? There's always the... Well, yeah, there's Belvedere writing this journal. It was... I can't remember what that one it was. Wasn't, it wasn't very good. Not amusing at all. No. Burp, burp, burp. But let's move on to the next episode. Hey, guys, it's a new season. Yeah. It's a new world. <laughs> it really... It's a larger world. The kitchen's a little different. We have more of the house. We finally get to see. So this one is The Lion Sleeps Tonight. So, Alex, are you ready to do this? Give me just a second. Sure. All right, and in five, four, three, two, one, go. Guys, the lion is sleeping tonight, but he's also snoring. Uh, George will not quit snoring. Belvedere has to get out of the house, though, because he's got a special engagement in Europe. No, the family doesn't ask him any questions about where he's going, which is crazy, but it's his only week off in, like, the month, so he goes to Europe to party with his former, I guess, I wanted to say owners, but that's not what it is. <laughs> While he's gone, though, George sleeps like a baby. Doesn't even snore at all. But when Belvedere gets back, what happens? Snores again. So there's a whole evening of uh, Mrs. Owens kicking him out of the bedroom, and he has to go sleep with someone else. So he tries to sleep with little Wesley T on his bunk bed, but that doesn't work. So Belvedere and him switch beds. Him and George have a little tussle, because apparently that's why he's been snoring. He's had all this pent-up anger toward Belvedere again. Uh, I think he fires him again, or Belvedere quits. It's a false thing. Anyway, it, everyone gets their anger out, except for Belvedere, who snores in the episode because of fucking George! That's the first episode, guys. 59 seconds. Wow. And I, that pretty much is everything, because Heather doesn't do anything in this episode. Nope. Uh, well, we do have, we do have Kevin uh, trying to make a documentary. Yeah. Half-heartedly. And for some reason, Heather thinks this is strange or weird to a new level, even though he's just kind of, well, all right. You're right. He's kind of creeping out a little bit. He's a little creepy. That giant Magnavox cassette yeah. loading. We yeah. all remember those, oh, yeah. except for 9-11 year olds who have no concept of such no things. No clue. They don't even know. No idea. Oh, you think they think like a magnetic tape holds like a terabyte of information. Well, that's about the size of a hard drive, like external. Is it? You got two terabytes on that? So, Kid, that can barely hold two hours extended play fuck. of anything. Fuck. Kids. Well, that's enough for Kevin back in the day, making his little documentary, his mini-movie. Yeah. He's just stalking the fam. Well, what do we get in this? We get upgrades in this new season. We do. Okay, first of all, 
First of all, something um the sets. I, at first, I was confused if they would just like. I think they. I think they're shooting close a little bit closer. Yeah. But they've also like pulled the sets out to make more playing space. It's a little bit bigger on the inside. It's not so cramped anymore. <laughs> because before it seemed like a tiny little house, little and little I didn't house. know how they afford Belvedere. Now it's a little bit larger. Mm-hmm. We've also the kitchens changed. Like the island is no longer in the middle. No, it's moved. Um, we a- we actually have bedrooms for the other characters. We have a hallway. They uh, they got some money. We're not trapped because pretty much the in- I think the entire show, except for a-, a few shots, have been just that living room and kitchen and, and Belvedere's room. room. Yeah, like we've gotten to see the we got to see the bar. We got to see the old folks' home. Didn't we see someone's room once? Which made uh, they completely change because didn't someone have like a hand chair? That oh yeah, yeah. We saw the yeah. attic too, but I mean Wesley T. Yeah, we saw his room. But once. that attic could have been from any other show. They just like, mm-hmm. hey, can we borrow your attic? Yeah, Wesley T. has a completely new room, and yeah, so the house has been renovated. Definitely some renovations. Making some good money at the paper. Also, I don't know if you noticed this, but there's some changes with moms. First of all, um, I think they're trying to make her look a bit older, um, but I think she looks more attractive. I would say that she did something with her hair that's a lot better now. Mm-hmm. I just got a text from my mother that said today was grandparents' day. <laughs> okay, thanks, mom. Nice. <laughs> Greatly appreciated. Thank you for the heads up. Almost appropriate when you were saying they're trying to make um. Uh, Marsha. Marsha. Marsha look older. I uh, yeah. I mean, like, the, yeah. There's definitely something different with her hair. Her clothes are different. They're more '80s conservative. Well, but I, I think they fit her better. No. Well, the one thing that she's doing that's a little weird is she's wearing belts right up in the middle of her torso. Yeah. That's not your waist, honey. It's a little bit lower than that. Why are you doing that? That's what they did. And it looks weird. It does look weird. But I do think she looks more attractive now. I do say, I I would agree. Like before, no, she was just a mom. Now she's kind of, hey, foxy mom. But I do think she looks a little bit older. I think which kind of makes her and George not seem as creepy. Well, they're in bed together. We see where they sleep. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is also interesting. It is. I mean... At one point she tries to kill him. Yeah. (laughs) There is one... She's putting a pillow over his head to try to muffle the snores. Yeah. She's trying to kill him. She tried to murder him. She's been thinking about it because he's been snoring a lot. She's probably getting close to graduating maybe. And she's like, I can support the family now. I'll get enough money from him when he's dead that I can get by until I'm a real lawyer and making money. You think that this whole lawyer thing is just to save her family from the father? Yes. That would make sense. Absolutely. That would make this a more compelling show. Definitely. If we find out, like, there's an episode, it's like a tearful, it's like, uh, Mr. Belvedere, I have to tell you the truth. Um, I am going to law school because I want to find a way to be able to get away from him. <laughs> I was so young and naive. <laughs> there, there, Masha. <laughs> I always knew. <laughs> so, I mean, other, I mean... Yeah. Oh, yeah. George just snores. George is snoring. Because he has pent up anger. That's. But he's blaming it on Belvedere, which is. Well, according to the episode, that is what was causing it. That's not a thing, I don't Brad's think. Brad's theory was better. Yeah, because, okay, early in the episode, um, Belvedere, he's, he's unloading the groceries, and, you know, Kevin's making his little documentary, and Belvedere's, like, all talking about beets. And we saw beets in the last episode. Yeah. So I was like, well, what if he's allergic to beets? Because the doctor tells George it could be something he's allergic to. And I'm like, it's going to be beets. That's the thing. That's and the new because, element. Because Belvedere's always cooking with beets when he was out of town. They didn't have beets. George didn't snore. That could make sense. They might have gotten salmonella poisoning when Mr. Belvedere was out of town. Because Heather cannot cook eggs. No. That poor girl. That's sad. How, well, how did you think those were? Oh, these are what eggs look like. When I eat eggs, this is what they look like. <laughs> Heather, No. 
<laughs> no, eggs aren't. Li- it was like she had like two cups of water per egg or something, which is weird and not cooked. I don't know what was happening. How do you not know how to cook eggs? How does she not know what eggs look like to know that they're uncooked? <sighs> that's not my Heather. No, that's She not. didn't win this episode. Heather did not come out on top. I wonder who won it then this episode. We'll, we'll get to that. It, we'll know when it happens. We'll get there. There's. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, also, it's like, it's Belvedere's weekend off. His weekend off, and he's going to Europe. He knows how to party, dude. That's like a, I mean, that's a short trip. Yeah. Because it takes, what, eight hours f- currently to fly over, to London at least. Yeah. Well, that's where he's going. Mm-hmm. I guess, unless... So if he's leaving, maybe he's leaving on like a Friday night, but yeesh. I mean, we have no real concept of time. We, we if don't. If he's gone three days, maybe he left Thursday night. Still, that's only one solid day in Europe. Yeah. And come back with no jet lag. Kudos, Mr. Belvedere. <sighs> Mr. Belvedere, He's dude. a badass. He's, you know, you gotta love Belvedere. Um, but George is like, he's like, oh, okay, it's Belvedere's fault. Belvedere gets back down, and he's snoring. Marsha tries to kill him because he's snoring again. Oh! And But she doesn't want to say, oh, no, no, you're snoring. No, because she, she's afraid that he's going to fire Mr. Belvedere. And Marsha needs Her, some relief. She needs another adult in the house she can talk to like an adult. Right. <laughs> he's her confidant. Not an old, not a grandfather figure, not a child, but another, another a adult. A civilized, cultured human. Yes. That doesn't see bag ladies as it's. <laughs> oh, I'm snoring. Okay, I'll go downstairs and sleep on the couch again. So he goes down there. Ah, oh, Belvedere's watching his kung fu movies again. Okay. And doing, like, karate to the TV, which is kind of weird. Belvedere does his... He's got his own agenda. Hey, he's doing his thing. That's how, that's how he rolls. I, maybe it is jet lag, because Belvedere's still up watching the movies. Huh. Um. <laughs> there are... Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That works. Um, so, uh, George's like, ah, oh, Great. So he goes to Wesley T's room. I'll just sleep with Wesley T. He's got a bunk bed. I'll just climb down here. And he rolls in. Wesley's like, what the fuck's going on, dads? <laughs> Don't worry. I'm just going to sleep here. Ah, oh, fuck. Dad, you snore. I'm a kid. I need sleep. So Wesley T's, well, fuck this shit. I'll go downstairs and sleep. Ah, oh, Belvedere's watching his movies. I'll go sleep with Mr. Belvedere's room <laughs> with a seal. And when he steps into the room, I was hoping so much that he would either pull the covers back and the seal would be mm-hmm. there, and he would immediately just rapture. Oh, yeah. Or... Maybe it was under the bed. Are we like we see the closet move a little bit and like the seal's in there, winks at us. Anything to have the seal back. Yeah. Finally, uh, Mr. Belvedere goes up to bed. Oh, what? There's a Wesley T in his bed. <laughs> this is weird. He's like, hey, Wesley, get up. Oh, that is that is weird. That is weird. Weird. So he's like, oh, well, I guess I'll go sleep in Wesley T's room. <laughs> Everyone's just like playing, just playing room switch. It's basic logic, though. I mean, well, if, if someone's in my bed, well, who's in their bed? It's like a Roman comedy. People are just running around doors, and it's weird. So he goes in there, and it's like, oh, George is in there snoring. And he plays around for a second. He even says, mm, this is fun. <laughs> and, you know, whatever. Belvedere gets his jollies where he can. And then George wakes up. He's like, ah, Belvedere, what are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> And they, and then they, they, you know, Belvedere like climbs up on the bunk, and they're just gonna spend the night together. They just start chatting like buddies, just talking, you know, trading stories, trying to one up each other. Belvedere can always one up George, though. Uh, there's a lot of sexual tension. There's a lot of sexual tension. Like seriously. There's a lot of weird innuendo that happens in this. Yeah, there is. What is uh, it? At one point, bottoms up or something. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna fuck. I'm pretty sure they fucked that night. I know they fucked that night. In my heart of hearts, I know they fucked. That <laughs> night. 
That's 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 why he stopped snoring. He 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 released all that built up anger and all, or sexual yeah. tension. Yeah, and, and uh, at one point, uh, you know, Belvedere's about to you know climb into the mountain. George's like, no, 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 you're on top, of Belvedere. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Next morning, hey, we're in the ha- we're in this new hallway again, which has absolutely weird wallpaper. It's all like really close striped, and mm-hmm. the coloration is strange. Yeah, I kind of like it. Same time, I'm a little put off by it. I'm just excited we have a hallway. Yeah. I, I like new sets. It makes me happy. So, but everyone's like coming out of the rooms. Like, um, Wesley T comes out of Mr. Belvedere's room, and Marsha comes in. like, Wesley T, what are you doing in Mr. Belvedere's room? I don't even remember. <laughs> I love that there's the beat of like just him. Like, it focuses on him, and he's like, I don't remember. But it's a, it's a genuine, like, like what? he really can't remember, and he's horrified for like, what happened? Where did I lose that time? What if, what if the seal clubbed him? There's kid in there, you know, he didn't recognize it, and you know, people are always clubbing seals. He didn't recognize it. Yeah. The seal sees, you know, children as it's Like I do. Um, and the seal clubbed him. Just knocked him out. Yeah. That's why he doesn't remember anything. Uh, Marsh is a little weirded out by that. But then George and Mr. Belvedere come out of Wesley's room. Like, Clothing a little disheveled. Okay. Yeah, and they're like, oh, what did you, we slept together last night. Right out in the open. Doesn't try to hide it. George just says it. Well, and then George's like, well, we, we didn't sleep that much. Oh. We just stayed up talking all night. Really? Really? Because most of the time, you fellows can't seem to have a civil conversation. Yeah, we talked it out. We talked it out real good. Talked it out good. We had a nice little chat. We had a nice, chitty chat. No bigs. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Belvedere goes to make breakfast. Whew. Mom is just... The same look she had when Heather said she was on birth control. Right. As she should. Yeah. So, uh, we go on downstairs. Kevin's like, ah, fuck, nothing ever happens in this house. Kevin, you just missed everything. Kevin, where was that camera? Where was Kevin and Heather doing this? Uh, well, this is like, well, Kevin's been downstairs waiting for something to happen. Where it's all up happening in Wesley T's room is where it's happening. And he's gonna go out and um, try to get some footage of squirrels. Kevin. So Kevin goes outside. Everyone else comes downstairs. Mr. Belvedere figures out that he thinks the problem is it's most likely uh, because George is is holding in his anger and he's not releasing it. I'm pretty sure George releases anger all the time. Well, when they fucked, that definitely... Well, that should have. I thought that's when Belvedere was like, well, look, we got to correct this because, first off, me and George fucked. I mean, <laughs> we got to address that immediately. I think, you know, I think that's what stopped the snoring, is they got that sexual tension out. Yeah. But now we've got to make a cover for, for exactly. the rest of the family. And Belvedere's just like, trust me, trust me, trust me. Right. So when George comes back into the room, uh, Mr. Belvedere's like, look, well, there's a problem here. It's not working. Um, I'm making you snore. It's bad for you. I'm going to leave. And of course, uh, because of course, because Belvedere, you know, after their night of passion, uh, George, George is like, what? You can't leave. I'm, I'm just going to fire you. Because he, he doesn't want it to end. He doesn't. I mean, he's so happy. He's finally coming to terms with this. He's coming to terms with himself. With himself, With yes. his desires. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Belvedere. Right. Because we know, I mean, George, George is a self-hating homosexual. That's why he was so paranoid when little Wesley T was going to be in ballet. Because he's like, oh no, my son's going to have the same life I had. Terrified. Trying to mask it. And, and But he's not. He's just going to be a homosexual. Oh, no, he's going to be me. I don't want him to live my terrible life. This all, remember that time Kevin was like, I got someone coming over? It's like, it's a guy, right? Or as long as it's a girl, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Poor George. Poor George. Not really. I hate Gorgeous George. George. I hate George. I'm not, I can't even joke about that. Yeah. Fuck George. 
But um, well. but so Georgia, you know, he has it out and he yells at Belvedere. And Mr. Belvedere's like, so how do you feel? He says, I felt pretty good. It's like, good, you got it out of your system. Now I can continue working for you. Everyone's amazed. Like, it's that easy. And Dad's, Dad's cool with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as he hates Belvedere, Belvedere's raising his kids for him. So Definitely. Yeah. Then Kevin rolls in. Oh, man. Did I miss anything? Yeah, um, Belvedere just quit and then uh, tricked Dad and made him quit snoring and they fucked <laughs> and uh, everything's fine now. What? Aww. Womp, womp, womp. And then Mr. Belvedere is writing this diary. George has got him so frustrated. Oh, he falls asleep. He's snoring. Oh, oh zinger. It's a vicious cycle. That's the beginning of the they second fuck, season. One of them snores, they fuck again, the other one starts snoring. It's back and forth, back and forth. Season two, the sexual sexual frustration continues. Mr. Belvedere. We forgot to mention the part where they're talking about Mama Bear and Papa Bear, yeah, which we was quite weird, especially when Kevin was giving it on film. Yeah, all right. So the snoring, okay, this is where Belvedere is off in Europe. So uh, Belvedere is off in Europe, so um, George is quit snoring, and uh, Martian George... They're getting, they're, uh, they're getting a little chummy on the couch. Meanwhile, Kevin is, like, creepily trying to videotape them. He's exploring his voyeurism. But it's his parents talking about fucking and taking baths together. Well, doesn't even Heather later mention something about the dad get his bath last night or something? And, like, Mom and Heather have a moment of, like, oh, yeah, he did. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Why does everyone know when the parents... Like, I, why are these kids so involved in their parents' sex life? It's fucking weird. But, like, but the whole uh, bath thing, and then Kevin's like, hey, hey, Dad, what time's that bath? Because I gotta... I, I'm making my movie. What? No, Kevin, you can't videotape your father and your mother in a bath fucking, (laughs) all right? You can't do that, weirdo. I would have given anything if George had said, Kevin, two's company, three's a crowd. (laughs) (laughs) If that had happened, we would have watched Belvedere all the way through, no pauses. Every episode would be like, all right, we're going to do five episodes of Mr. Belvedere until we get to the end, because this is the best stuff ever. Kevin is Denny. Kevin is Denny. He really is a Denny. He is Denny. Oh, hi, Kevin. <laughs> oh, hi, Kevin. So weird. It is. All right, so we have an announcement about Belvedere. Belvedere is on notice. Mm-hmm. Look, we love Charles in Charge. We love it so much. And we were like, Mr. Belvedere, it's, pro- it's probably one of the, the other great 80s theme song TV shows. I don't have a great memory of Mr. Belvedere, but it hasn't been that great so far. It hasn't. I mean, we do what we can. We make light of it. We have a fun time with Owens, but it's not as fun as it should be. I think this last episode, I think it dramatically improved, like well, Brad writing-wise. Does. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I just. I think it was overall more entertaining. See, the characters aren't that great, and I hate George. They're all all slightly older too, because the youngest kid, Wesley T, looks like a little bit older from the mm-hmm. first. Season, yeah. It's like he's growing into himself. It's like a kid's do. Mm-hmm. Heather's hair is not all as crazy. It's more. Everyone looks a little different. Mm-hmm. But I, guys, yeah, it's on notice. Maybe we'll give it two more episodes at least. We're gonna give it two more episodes only because the next two episodes are Tornado and Cheerleader. Yes. So we're gonna get a Heather episode. We hopefully have a Heather episode in the mix and <laughs> a show dedicated to the Owens family freaking out about weather. Right. Tornado. So those so those look appealing. Um, if those are really great, we will continue. Otherwise, we're going to drop Belvedere and move on. Yeah. We, we've taken what we can from it. We'll just go on to another show. Which, guys, 
we got some interesting things in the mix, but Indeed. we'll get to that when we have to cross that bridge. Indeed. So that's what's going on with us. Oh, by the way, who won the last episode? Who did win the last episode? It wasn't Heather, because she can't make eggs. Right. Kevin definitely didn't win. No. Oh! Wesley! Because you got to sleep in Belvedere's bed with a seal in the room. I, I think the seal won. Seal won. The seal won. Seal, seal <laughs> sweeped it. Seal's the winner. Good job, Seal. Oh, you know who really won this episode? Hmm. Mr. Belvedere. Why's that? He was on top. Ah. Came out on top. Came out on top. He's the winner. Belvedere's on top. Yikes. Life is more Guys, thank you so much for listening to the episode of Ramjack, episode 73. 73. Brad, we got a lot of feedback this week, right? Well, we have I some do. feedback. We got some we got some voicemails here. Alright. So uh we're gonna get these things started. Hey, if you want to give us a call on the voicemail line, how would you do that? You get you phone us. You would pick up a telephone. You would pick up a phone and phone us. I have no idea what the number is. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look it up. Okay, here's what you need to do, guys. Um make a real science, get your rotary phone, um, put your little finger in there, and you're gonna you're gonna wanna turn that. And as you turn that, um there's gonna be some numbers that you're gonna wanna enter in. And those and numbers There's certain numbers and it's almost like a code. It's a code, and you call that up. And there's a thing, it's like, hey! It's a secret code, you phone. It's a secret code that we're about to give you, and you, what you do is you call that, and then like a voice comes and says, hey, leave your message after the tone, I think. Or send your fax now. You can send us a fax if you want, if you're old school. Um, Guys, don't send us a fax, it's 2011. <laughs> it's weird, but it's an option if you want to, I don't know. Okay, guys, that secret code that we were talking about, mm -hmm. it's real easy. It's 206-339-5894. Once again, guys, that secret code would be 206-339-5894. Or you could always just, like, record a little voice memo, you know, send that email to us at ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. Easy enough. Speaking of voicemails, we've got some here now. Let's take a listen. Hey, Ramjack, this is Paul Mackey, and I just wanted to report in that the uh, Christmas creep is alive and well in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Um, I have a uh, friend who is a uh, visual merchandiser for a major retailer, um, one that's in a you know blue and yellow box uh, and is Swedish. Uh, you know, some some merchandiser or another will remain nameless. Uh, anyways. Oh my gosh, the Christmas creep got him. No! Oh, Paul Vacky was killed by the Christmas creep. Wait, we got another voicemail here. Your message has been sent by ass. Uh, oh, this is uh, Paul Mackey a second time. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the visual merchandiser. Anyway, she said that uh, they're, uh, they're setting up the, uh, the Christmas displays, the holiday displays, this week. So, uh, I guess that's the Christmas creep, creep uh, in action. Uh, stay Jackie Ramjack. See you later. What? Well, so it was blue and yellow, Best Buy. Is setting up Christmas displays? Well, he said Swedish, so I, I was thinking Ikea. Oh, Ikea! Yeah. I've missed a Swedish thing. Yeah. Christmas already? It's September, Brad! Christmas creep. Creeping up. Creep on the march. <laughs> creep on the march! <laughs> creep or no creeping? I got another voicemail. Well, no. can I say something really quick? Because yeah. I, I, I did feel the holiday creep coming up. Oh, yeah. I've been doing uh, ads. Did I mention this on the show already for Halloween stuff? 
there's a uh, amusement park that's in Georgia that we do uh, ads and stuff for, and I've had to do some digital digital ads showcasing their Halloween like kind of haunted house and kid stuff. There's mm-hmm. something called Kiddoween and something called Phobia. And Kiddoween. Do, I don't know about Kiddoween. Yeah, I don't know about seeing the pictures, dude. I don't know about Kiddoween either. But I've been doing those ads for the last week, and with that, and now it's got gotten a little bit warmer. But it was so nice. Wet. I mean, it was like fall weather mm-hmm. last week. So I've been in I've been in the holiday spirit, like Halloween spirit, for at least the all last week. Oh yeah, all so, the all the all the stores have got their Halloween merch up. I know. Creep. Stop creeping. Christmas creep. Stay where you are. Let Thanksgiving happen, and then do your thing. Seriously, Thanksgiving, best of holidays. It's too soon for the Christmas creep. Too soon, Christmas creep. Too soon. Stay. I always thought Halloween would be able to save it off too. I thought Halloween would be the holiday it couldn't get past. If we were, if we were gonna stop it somewhere, I thought we'd stop it at Halloween. Guess not. I guess we're gonna have to depend on the Fourth of July. Fuck that shit. And IKEA, IKEA is the company that's bringing it like Christmas early. How did the creep infiltrate IKEA? It's because they don't understand. The Swedes, they they weren't they weren't they weren't wary. They weren't wary. This is, Brad, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to vent like that on the show, but it but really... Fuck you, Christmas creep. We don't want you here. Can science please make it right? Please? <laughs> hey, Ramjack. Paul Mackey here. Um, I just left you an iTunes review, and uh, you know, something's different. Um, hmm. My teeth feel cleaner. You know, I think that commenting and reviewing on iTunes... Is, uh, has given me a 50% reduction in plaque buildup. So uh, everybody else, go for it. You know, better dental hygiene. Um, that stay jacky thing that I said last time, though, uh, I gotta work on that. That's uh, that's a work in progress to sign off for uh, you guys. But anyways, <laughs> bye. Agreed. And also, he made it right with science. He made it right with. He came correct with some science. Gotta work, you gotta you gotta take care of your dentals, guys. Dentals are very important to be taken care of. Need those dentals, so follow the lead. Put them some reviews. Go to the iTunes. Leave a review, five stars, nothing less. Thank you so much for leaving a review on iTunes. Where what's the wrong what's wrong with the rest of you people? What's going on? You can't leave a review. You don't care about your dentals. Listen to Paul Mackey. He says you should do it. He also says Ram Jackie, which that's he's we're not doing nobody, nobody's behind well, that. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not directly opposed to Ram Jackie, but yeah, I think you're opposed to it. Look inside your heart. Is it lust or love? <laughs> Is it lust or love? Well, Brad, I I did quiz you, so you should know a little bit more about lust or love. Maybe you do understand. Maybe Ram Jackie is lust. What would love be, though? That would be a five star review. That would be. Do it for us. Do it for your dentals. Nice. Hmm. So yeah, guys, do that. Visit our website, curiositybounds.com forward slash ramjack. Again, drop us an email, ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. Do you want to be? Do you want to feel like you're part of a larger community? Why well, not join the Ramjack Facebook group? That's where it's at. That's a lot of fun stuff happens there. It's so much fun. Everyone needs to join. Tell your friends. Bring five friends. Share it with them. Let's make this like a Ponzi scheme, guys. Give us five of your friends. Give us seven minutes and five of your friends. They'll love you for it. And remember, guys, stop that pantry because somebody out there is trying to make it real with Streaks on the
the China Never mattered before Who cared When you drop picked your jacket As you came through the door No one glared But sometimes things get turned around And no one spared All hands look out below There's a change in the status quo in the den so sweet and the leftover pizza made your breakfast at ten what a treat but now we're dining at seven with the table set and we just might live the good life yeah life has a Just might live the good life